Welcome to a new episode of the Empower to Grow podcast, your go-to career advice podcast if you are an international engineer or technical expert looking to grow to the next level of your career in Germany. My name is Sarah and it is my passion to support you to create a career where your life and work are not two separate things but one entity. As a former tech recruiter and certified coach, I will give you easy-to-follow steps for your job search and application process, tons of inspiration for your personal development and hands-on advice from inspirational interview guests. Get ready to take some notes and enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Empower to Grow Career Podcast. You may have realized that it's not Sarah hosting today. My name is Yadu Krishna and I'm back for a second appearance. And oh, how the tables turn. Today, we're doing an exciting episode where I am interviewing the usual interviewer. I collected some questions already from the listeners who I know and I'll be asking Sarah some of the interesting and controversial ones. If you, the listener, has a question to ask, make sure to check out the link in the description and feel free to add your own. I'll make sure that we come back to it for a follow-up episode. So, welcome, Sarah, to the Empower to Grow podcast. <laughs> this actually feels weird. Yeah, This is weird, yeah. I feel as if I've come to your home, taken a seat, and then told you, you know, make yourself at home. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, how are you today? I'm doing fine. I'm actually sitting here covered in my blanket because I'm cold, winter is approaching, but I'm fine. <laughs> Mm, true yeah it is it did get cold very very quick but then again that's good to hear that you're all comfortable and ready so we'll keep things casual and fun so yeah you can answer questions as long or as short as you want to um and i feel like we've picked up a lot of new listeners over the past couple of weeks so we maybe did, we'll... because you created such an amazingly successful episode. It's the most successful one we have so far. So I just quickly wanted to include that here. Oh, yeah. amazing. It's All amazing. right. Ooh, nice, nice. Um, so then we will start with a quick refresher. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your background and how you came to be where you are today? Okay, I mean, the basics, I guess everyone knows from the intro, like that I've been a recruiter for 10 years, then trained to become a certified coach and trainer, started my own business last year to support mainly engineers and technical experts with their careers in Germany. So I guess everybody knows that. Um, what a lot of people probably don't realize is that my main power in being a coach does actually not come from my recruiting experience, which is what a lot of people think, but from the time and energy I have dedicated to working on my own mindset and personal development. And of course, I'm still doing that regularly. But with that, I am uh, able to free myself more and more from any biases that I may still hold. Um, mm. It helps me to be an attentive listener for all my clients. And it really helps me to just ask the right questions up to a point when it sometimes may feel painful. Mm. But hey, this is when we're growing, right? So, True. yeah, that's why 
if since you're giving me the chance, I really would like to encourage everyone not to skip that part of the work when they are developing their careers. For a next level job, we also need the next level personality. Mm, yeah, I guess, you know, mindset update has to keep happening for you to grow. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. So ah. it's not really an introduction, but it was more of a message I really wanted to get out there to my listeners. Don't skip the mindset work because you need this to grow, as you just said. I guess that makes sense because you're on the Empower to Grow podcast. And here, yeah, we all grow together. Amazing. That's, that's actually a good, good introduction. I like that. Is there something else you wanted to add? Mm, as an introduction? No, not really. I think you have lots of interesting questions coming up. So mm -hmm. my side, we can move on. Amazing. All right. Um, okay. So the second question of the day is, um, okay, I had this curiosity. So I'm just asking you uh, from your clients, what is the most frequently asked question? This one is actually very easy to answer. It is, will I be able to find a job with my current level of German? Oh. Everybody asks that. There's hardly any client who's not concerned about their language skills. I mean, unless they are German. I have some German clients too. But yeah, the internationals always ask that. My reaction nowadays is that I always ask, how urgently are you looking for a job? And if they answer very urgently, I usually tell them, well, then let's better work with the German level you have, because there is nothing you can do to improve it instantly anyway. So we're always good to go with what we have right now. We just need to make sure to present what we have in the best way during an application process. Ah, and you've answered that in past episodes, I think. Exactly. I, I think so, yes. <laughs> Or at least in webinars. If you remember in the past webinars, we also always got that question. That yeah. is true. We do face that question. Huh. Yeah. yeah. That is a little bit surprising, but I guess it does make sense when you think about it or for me when I remember about it. All right. Nice. Uh, do we move on to the next question then? Let's jump in. Yes, yeah, sure. All right. This one, I really want to know the answer to. And this is a drawing from your experiences. Uh, do you have any weird recruitment stories? It can be the CV or the cover letter, maybe even the interview. And remember, it can be good weird or just, you know, I don't know, plain bad kind of weird. Yeah, but I'd love to hear the stories. Yeah, so over the years, a lot of weird things happened. <laughs> you know, I said, you know, I should have written them down because now I'd have an amazingly funny and weird book to publish. <laughs> I didn't, so I forgot a lot of them again. Mm -hmm. But um, some of the weirdest things actually already happened during my very first year when I was still working in a recruitment agency. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, I think the agency environment there, we had more candidates who were just looking around. So it was more, I think, I feel they were less dedicated maybe because we are, we were not the um, employer they were actually uh, going to stick with, but then we replaced them at their eventual employer. So what I had was like candidates showing up at interviews drunk. Oh That my God. The unpleasant experience. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then I had such a horrible story. One of the candidates that I placed uh, in a leadership role with one of my clients, 
just before she was due to start, she had a very bad accident. She also separated from her partner and then she also lost a close family member. So she had so like the worst things happen to her Mm. over a very short span of time. And then when she was, well, she had to, to postpone starting the new job, first of all. And then when she started, the company told me, well, her personality has changed so much. We can't really have her anymore. Oh, wow. And you know, for me, from a recruiter's perspective, like then having to deliver the feedback between them back and forth, that was one of my worst experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I mean, it was a, I mean, it was a very bad story. So, <laughs> but yeah, that is that, that's scary. That is scary. It yeah. is scary. Um, but yeah, let's not stick with the bad stuff. Of course, there was also a funny and positive things that happened, like. Uh, CVs with really strange pictures on them, like a guy with ha- uh, who had pigeons sitting all over him. <laughs> like he was dead, for example, in Venice, you know, there is ah. um, pigeons all over you. Then I had a picture of an engineer who sent in um, a picture of himself as a clown on his CV. What? Why? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. You ask yourself, why? What are you trying to tell me with this? But yeah, then you never know. Oh. <laughs> Once my recruiter colleague who I was sitting in an office with, she had a, a candidate um, that she was trying to hire. He was called Herr Schweinebraten. Oh. So you German is good enough. Do you know, yeah. you know Schweinebraten is, right? Do you want sure. to tell the listeners? Um, so it's it's fried pork, basically. Or but pork then- pork. Exactly. So that was the guy's name. And every time she was on the phone to him, she made sure to mention his name as much as she could because I always had to laugh so much when she was going to try to in between. Oh. <laughs> Lots of other stuff. Like, I think I mentioned this before, but I really liked that once I got invited to an Indian wedding during the interview. During um, the interview. All right. Wild. <laughs> Just met, but he invited me and the hiring manager to attend his wedding in India. We couldn't go in the end because it was really short notice. Mm, that that was my follow up question. Did you end up going? <laughs> I wish I I were yeah. I wish I'd had the chance, but well, maybe one day I'll still have the chance to attend an Indian wedding. Who knows? <laughs> Um, another really weird story was when a candidate delivered his application to the office and insisted on handing it to me because he had designed and built a cage for his application. Okay. Showed it demonstrated his cat skills, um, mm. but actually he was applying for a position in electronics where the cat skills were not actually needed. Well. So it. Try, but he hadn't really thought it through. Yeah, and I guess you still remember him, so it kind of worked, but not not the way he wanted to. <laughs> yeah, especially when we rejected him, he insisted on coming back and actually pick up his cage again in oh, person. Oh wow, that was really weird. Yeah, but as you can see, a lot of things happen, and yeah, I really wish I could now publish a book about that, but. Yeah, maybe that's a tip for everybody. Take notes of funny things that happen because, yeah, I mean, there was so much more, but I have forgotten a lot. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, that that's a book I think I would read. 
because yeah, that that there's a lot of stuff there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so let's actually pivot a little bit and let me ask you you create a lot of content so when you said about writing a book i just thought of this as in you write a lot of content and you make some presentations you take some webinars and you mentioned mindset and positivity and believing in yourself right so then mm-hmm. are there days where you couldn't follow your own advice i mean people go through a lot of things and it's not always easy to um you know showcase productivity or showcase positivity and the stuff that is in content that you can see everywhere um how do you deal with stress setbacks or days like that yeah yeah i mean there's always days like that and i'm convinced that the most successful people out there or the ones who portray themselves as the most successful ones um are not being honest when they say that they never have any setbacks or negative days i think this is just very human to have that um i also made the one podcast episode that you probably remember well about that the one that i called am i a failure so i remember this that episode, yeah Yeah, that actually got I, me this job. <laughs> exactly. So in this episode, I actually uh, already give some tips about what I do to get out of these situations. Mm-hmm. But in general, now I actually have different strategies to cope with stress or negative situations based on what exactly they are. So, for example, if I feel really stressed because I simply have an overwhelming load of tasks to do, I now really take my time to sit down and create a plan that breaks all the bigger tasks like deliver a training, for example, down into the exact small actionable steps I have to take. And then I also plan and decide when I will have time to do what. Mm-hmm. So that is something I have become better at. I used to be very bad at this uh, years ago, but it's really helping me now to cope with stress, to really plan. Ah, um, okay. If I have a setback, like, I mean, you've experienced this with me as well, like people simply not booking my offers. Mm, yeah. I Either in some cases, I just let go of them because when I also feel that they are not the right thing, Mm-hmm. or I try to gather evidence of why it has not been working or raised as much interest as I'd hoped I adjust the offer and start again so basically like you know product development in testing um the first prototype is not always the best one so sometimes you just have to adjust try again and keep going and keep going until you found a version that works mm-hmm. and that people are excited about that's true Yeah, that is the process. So, yes, yeah. exactly. And then one more thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when I have days where I just don't really feel well, like, for example, this week I've not been exactly feeling very healthy all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Um, I now just allow myself to relax. I even took a nap at one afternoon this week. Mm-hmm. Um You know, I spend a few minutes reading. I go for a walk. Um, so I'm currently working on being connected to my intuition as much as I can. Mm. So for example, when I don't feel well or I'm in a negative mood, I simply ask my intuition, 
what do I need right now? And then try to carefully listen for the answer. Mm -hmm. And that usually uh, are things that then make me feel a lot better again. Like recently, a very small example, I asked my intuition, what would I need right now to feel better? My intuition told me to put on my thickest and most cuddly hoodie that I own. Make me happy because I I didn't realize before that I was just so uncomfortable because I was cold. Ah, so sometimes okay. it just is you know the tiniest things that you need to change right now, and then suddenly everything else goes better. And then also to allow yourself to rest when you really feel like you need a rest, ah. not to force yourself to continue and stick through just because you've planned something. Of course, client uh, meetings and coaching sessions and stuff like that will always happen. But with the other things, I I realized, you know, they are my plan. So, Uh of course, I have the power to also change my own plan. Ah, right. So then it's listening to yourself, listening to your body and your intuition. Yeah, I think you did... uh, you did a post on LinkedIn about intuition and how it connects to interviews recently. So was it all from the same inspiration? Ah, yes, exactly. The post definitely also is along those lines. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, working on uh, being in line with my intuition is something that I've really been focusing on for the last months. So maybe that's why it kind of flows into different pieces of content at the moment because it's something (laughs) that I'm concerned with as well, yeah. Mm, yeah there's actually a quote that uh fiction imitates life or is it the other way around okay i don't remember but yeah i see it as in content crossing over to life life crossing over to the content (laughs) that makes sense yeah Yeah, exactly Mm, so now that we are along the lines of mindset and uh listening to your intuition you might need to control your mind at some point and i think something that works for me is systems and habits and uh, habit stacking, some rituals, etc., etc. So then, let me ask you this: uh, What is one habit that has paid off well, and how do you keep it going? I'm actually so proud that since the pandemic times, I've for the first time in my life managed to set mm-hmm. set up a regular workout routine, and ah. I've been doing for. Mm, more than a year now so wow all right my secret actually was to just do it at home not to force myself to go somewhere just to do a workout because I have enough space here I have a few gadgets that I can use for my workout so how I make it work is I just get up Mm -hmm. put on my training clothes and start it's as simple as that no more excuses it fits perfectly into my time and my schedule because I set it for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one habit that I never managed to do before, get into a frequent workout routine. And mm. now I have. Well done. Yeah. First off, congrats on that one year. Yeah, very well done. And um, if I may note, there's actually a similarity here between, again, life and content. Because in the last meeting in Career Genius, we were talking about removing friction from, uh, you know, from the application process, making it a part of every day. So everything relates to everything else. That's that's amazing. 
Yeah, exactly. And I know you just said you're also a fan of habits, habit mm-hmm. stacking. Maybe do you, do you want to share one habit that you've set up as well? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I made a uh, 30-day tracker thing. So it's just something that you cross out 30 days. I just designed it and there's 30 days on it. And there are two habits that I'm working on at the moment. The first is to wake up early. So I've been trying to wake up at 5.30 a.m. Yeah, today is day nine. I've been doing it quite well. But some days it's a pain when it's, you know, cold outside or raining outside. So then I just look outside and uh, yeah, I don't feel like getting up at all. (laughs) But then two things actually helped. I I got an automatic light that goes on at 5.36. So then, and it's right in front of me. So there's no way that I can go to sleep without turning it off, which is a pain. And the second thing is I placed my alarm clock a little further away so that I need to get up to turn both of them off. And now that I've gotten up, I might as well just brush. So yeah, that's the first habit. And that's how I'm managing to stick with that. Yeah. And it's actually always very simple things like, you know, that you have to implement like putting the alarm further away, like having the light. It's not hard. You just have to think, think of it about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The second habit is just uh, spending 20 minutes on LinkedIn. And but then this is something that we've discussed and strategies, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, that I follow. But then yeah, I'm not revealing them here because they are my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do reveal them inside Career Engineers, but true. We'll have to join first. Mm, all right, join the community. Yeah, plug in right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm, all right, fair enough. Let's move on with your questions. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, yeah, I feel like we might just go off on a different tangent here if we keep talking about systems and all that. So. Exactly. Yeah, let me ask you something that came up from the FAQ recently. And this might be a little controversial, I feel. So it stems from the fact that you were a recruiter for a, for a decade and now you've been coaching. Uh, now you've been in coaching where you help you know clients get past the different stages. Um, what would you change about the recruitment process in Germany? Honestly, a lot. I think there are so many broken parts in this process. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to admit, I have not fully thought this through yet, as in I've not come up with the perfect recruitment process because it's also very individual uh, to make it ideal for companies. Mm-hmm. But first of all, I, I think a lot of it starts with the requirements for a job. So many times the hiring managers are not clear on what exactly they need for a position, what the goal of a position is, which impact the new position should have on the team and on Mm -hmm. the company and which exact performance they are expecting. So this then results in those long wish lists that all of you job seekers out there read frequently as part of the job descriptions. So it's not a requirements list. It's a, I would like to have this kind of list. (laughs) Yeah, I always call it a wish list that That hiring want an ideal candidate to have, but most of the times they have not fully thought through why they actually want a candidate to have all of that. Mm. So this is the first improvement I would suggest for the the process is to have absolute clarity about what is expected from a candidate and why. 
And the second thing is that I really know and sometimes painfully so from my own experience is that recruiters are overwhelmed with the amount of open positions they have to fill. Uh-huh. And this then leads to the fact that they have to scan applications really quickly, make very quick decisions. And this also results in so many candidates um, getting rejected immediately because recruiters are time pressured, can't see what they are looking for uh, at first glance on a CV and then just hit the reject button. In an ideal recruiting process, recruiters should have the time and space to talk to almost every candidate. So what I mean is that if they see something that's only mildly interesting in a profile, they really should get into a conversation with that person. Mm-hmm. But I know that really from my own experience, I just simply did not have the time. Mm-hmm. I always made lists of candidates who I really wanted to talk to. And then, you know, so much happened, so many interviews to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then I just get, didn't get around. And this is um, how I feel companies are missing out on a lot of talent um, because they don't have time to get into conversations. Uh, yeah, there will be a lot of filtering happening. True. Exactly. And then, you know, it's always the conversations where you understand more about the candidates. In the end, you know, what they're doing right now is looking who has got the best profile. But Mm -hmm. in the end, it's really when you talk to the people that you find out how they tick, how they're motivated and if they would be a good match. But then I also think the interview process itself is often a very artificial scenario where every party is really just showing uh, their best side. Mm. So here I think we can look to a lot of the new startups we have here in Germany. They are leading the way to making this process more real and have real encounters with candidates. So why take candidates for a team lunch Why not have them solve part of a real-life problem that they are currently facing? So to get into more real interactions before both sides actually make the decision if they want to work together. Mm. Um, So a little bit more casual, you mean? So just getting to know each other, the company. All right. Interesting. Keep it more casual. I mean, now that a lot of it is happening online, there would have to be some creative ideas there of how you can make it happen online. But I'm sure it's possible to find good scenarios where you actually meet, can meet each other on a more real basis. And then one last thing I would like to mention to fix in the process is, of course, also the way um, companies give feedback. Because most of the Uh times we're like, just yeah. stand rejections. I know where this comes from. It's because companies have a fear of being sued by candidates if they uh, mention certain points that are not exactly legal to mention. So companies worry so much about that that yeah. they stop to, you know, uh, be, um, yeah, be just open and honest and uh, really. Um, talk to candidates on a eye on eye level during the rejection process. Mm-hmm. So I really wish that in the future there is honest feedback uh, to candidates, and yeah, just feedback that will help people improve and do better next time. Mm. And 
yeah, so these are four points, but in the end, I would probably just redesign the whole process to make it match every individual company. So I think, you know, there doesn't have to be a standard process uh, all over Germany for all the all companies, but companies should make sure it matches their own DNA and their own values. Mm, yeah, I think a, a lot of that would be amazing to have in an ideal scenario, but then maybe we'll see more movement towards that side as you know time progresses as everything's online and as you said as more startups come in maybe the whole environment will change hmm, interesting we really hope so yeah <laughs> uh okay here's something from an international student point of view which is kind of amazing uh the question is in germany is the is there a disadvantage in having long names or names that are difficult to pronounce and as a, as someone from india as someone from south india especially i would also like the answer to this question <laughs> it is an interesting question i mean in general i would say that your name itself is never a disadvantage it's simply your name but During my times as a recruiter, I also made the experience several times that especially some of the hiring managers I was sitting in interviews with had big trouble to pronounce certain foreign names. Mm -hmm. And then that resulted in the fact that they were avoiding using the name altogether. And this always created some kind of distance during the interview and the application process. I've actually also heard this being used as an argument while rejecting somebody. So a manager would say, I can't even pronounce his name. So how can ah, I have him? See, that's um, difficult. Okay. Which is stupid. Of course, I didn't let that pass. But, you know, it. yeah, mm. it's a stupid reason. But it, I've heard it being used. Mm -hmm. So... Maybe as some, some piece of advice is that if you notice that you have a name that is hard for Germans to pronounce, and if you really don't mind it, it does help to give a short version of your name um, while you introduce yourself. Mm -hmm. So like you do, uh, Yadu, you say simply say, you can call me Yadu, and then that's yeah. fine. Yeah, that, that's, that's actually the first line in my introduction. My name is Yadu Krishna Morsirigitil, but you can just call me Yadu, and then it's... It's more, it's more uh, I don't know, friendly or so it seems. Yeah. Exactly. And I think even people who have very long names usually have versions that their friends or family um, mm -hmm. use. And yeah, if it doesn't feel too personal for you, just offer your interviewers to use that same name because it just makes the process simple. And actually, I also know that my surname, Grötzinger, is hard for foreigners to pronounce as well. Yeah. So I, <laughs> Other I side never, of the coin, yes. <laughs> I never insist on anyone, you know, to, to use it. I always let everyone know that I'm very happy if they just call me Sarah. And which, by the way, is also not the German pronunciation. Of course, in German, I'm called Sarah. Yeah. So I'm not <laughs> insisting even on people... Yeah, to, to try and use the German pronunciation if they find it hard. Mm -hmm. So I think if you, yeah, if you are a little bit open, I mean, what's the point in using names? It's, it's building a personal connection. It's to have something that we can address the other person by. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah, it's in the book, actually. Um, I think it's in uh, Seven Habits of 
I, I think it's in that book that it says the first the first rule of the book is always use the other person's name to them. It's mm-hmm. the sweetest sound in the world, and I kind of agree with that. Yeah, you need to be you need to use names. So yeah, this this that's an interesting answer, and it's something to think about. I'm actually glad that I'm doing it right, as you said. But yeah, nice. Well, there is no right and wrong. It's just you know, helping <laughs> true person to become comfortable with you mainly. And mm. I mean, it's also uncomfortable. I I also have a couple of clients whose names I really can't pronounce very well. I always try so hard, but I know I'm not getting it right. But yeah, I'm still trying. <laughs> true. Yeah. That that actually holds a lot of value. I mean, when you try to get it right, then it it shows that you're being appreciated, which also counts. So yeah, at least from my point of view, that's that, that's that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I noticed that it's been around the usual uh, cutoff time for you. So then let me just quickly jump into the next question. Uh, what exciting projects are you working on right now? Well, right now, the focus is on growing career engineers. Mm-hmm. I really love to have more people join the community. And then for the next year, it's also my goal to make a slight shift and focus more on working with people on their personal development, because this is my real passion. Mm-hmm. Of course, the career consulting and all the advice around that will stay, but maybe just in the form of career engineers. We'll see. <laughs> ah, that's that's an interesting leap. Yeah, I, I'd like to see that. That's that's actually really, really, really cool. And then I we, we're kind of at the end round of questions. And the one before I ask the last set of questions is, as a, I mean, I know that you are a reader and as a coach, um, do you look outside for inspiration? Or I guess the question then is, what are some resources? that inspire you it can be books movies music or i don't know anything really yeah i mean you've basically also said that that if we do not look outside and always just stay in our own bubble we can never really grow and develop because we don't have any outside ideas opinions so um for the past years the majority of books and podcasts i've been consuming are focused on developing my mindset my habits my personality as an entrepreneur and things mm-hmm. like that so i think we almost kind of mentioned atomic habits which is a book i really enjoy ah uh, yeah mm-hmm. All of the many of the books by John Strelecki, for example, uh, about coaching, like the prosperous prosperous coach, mm. or uh, things to do with my money mindset, which is something I had to work on, like the typical rich dad poor dad things, think and grow rich in that stuff, mm. or even German versions like the book by Madame Money Penny. Oh, then. Okay. I consume some female entrepreneur podcasts like The Secret Show mm-hmm. or some more deep mindset work like the Jim Fortin podcast that I can highly recommend if you really want to dig deep into working on your mindset. Yeah, I'm noting everything mm-hmm. down, so I will check them out. <laughs> so I really try to consume something on a daily basis, even if it's just one page of a book or even just half a podcast episode if I don't mm-hmm. have enough time finish it 
But it really is important to, yeah, open your mind to new ideas and things. And I know that you also strongly agree with this. I do, yeah. I mean, the whole point is making a little bit of progress every day. It's not about being perfect, right? It's just, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, it's, it's about making progress. I really yeah. love that. I love that answer. Nice. It's actually great stuff. And then I'll just move on to the last set of questions, which since we are short of time and since I want to have a little fun, we'll make it a quick fire round. So you need to answer <laughs> as quickly as possible. That's the whole idea. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. I'm not. Yeah. I always struggle with making really quick answers, but I'll try <laughs> to keep it as short as possible. All right. Question number one. What's a country you would love to visit? It's India, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with so many Indians and I want to explore this country and culture. Ah, good answer. <laughs> All right, next question. If you weren't a recruiter slash career coach, what would you be? I'd probably be doing something with animals, like working in animal rescue, especially um, any animals that live in the ocean. Oh, interesting. Around animals, then the next question would be cats or dogs? Cats. I've always been a cat person. <laughs> All right. Uh, tea or coffee? Both. I do drink both mm -hmm. on a daily basis. One cup of coffee and at least one cup of tea. Ah. All right. Uh, next question. What is something you've brought? Uh, you bought recently. Um. <laughs> actually, also things to do with my mindset. I bought the new book by Laura Malina Seiler yesterday. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning of the week, this is interesting, I bought at the Manifestation Bootcamp by Johanna Hopstetter, who is also a great coach. And I'm doing it this week. The second session was yesterday. And I really love it. So mindset stuff. Ah, okay. <laughs> then it's the last question. Uh, and the question is, what is, or rather, who are the first international career community in Germany on LinkedIn? <laughs> Is that a quick trick question? It's our career engineers community that we're both very excited about. I guess you can it even is. hear this episode. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, lovely. All right. I guess then that's all the questions. And now a quick question to the listener. Uh, if you feel like I've missed out on any questions or if there's something that you want to ask Sarah, you can go ahead and add them and I'll be pressuring Sarah to do a follow-up episode for this. Thank you, Sarah, for being on your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for interviewing me. It was actually great to have the podcast experience from, you know, the other side. Mm. And I think you did really well as an interviewer. So I would also be happy if the listeners let us know if they want you to do some episodes or some interviews in the future. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I look forward to hearing back uh, that feedback. <laughs> yeah, they can just, you know, send us a LinkedIn message or or even just uh, type that in the type form as well. But yeah, feedback on that would be great. Awesome. I think that's it. And I wish you and the rest of our listeners an amazing rest of your day. If you're listening, it in, listening to it in the morning, have a great day. If you're listening to it in the evening, have a great evening. And for everybody else, have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. Thank you. Bye.